Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Thursday, October 5th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. I hope you all are having a great Thursday. I hope you all are having a great week. Of course, if this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome. Welcome to the show. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day. That's right, every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, of course, today is Thursday, which means that today will be relatively challenging, at least uh, compared to yesterday, and tomorrow, Friday, will be even harder. Now, as always, if you find this episode to be a bit too challenging for your, for your taste, well, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. In fact, I think you should listen to every day of the week, even if you think it's hard You still might have a good time. You still might even know the answer to some pretty challenging questions. On the other hand, if you think that today is too easy, well, why don't you tune in tomorrow on Friday where we make it the hardest day of the week. Now, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions, starting off with question number one. What is sinophobia the fear of? And the answer there is dogs. Sinophobia is the fear of dogs and canines in general. Sinophobia is classified as a specific phobia under the subtype of animal phobias. According to Timothy Rents of the Laboratory for the Study of Anxiety Disorders at the University of Texas, animal phobias are among the most common of the specific phobias, and 36% of patients who seek treatment report being afraid of dogs or afraid of cats. Although ophidiophobia, which is the fear of snakes, or arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders, are more common animal phobias, sinophobia is especially debilitating because of the high prevalence of dogs and the general ignorance of dog owners to the phobia. So, If you have a dog, of course, just be aware of how other people may view your pet. So, sinophobia, that is the fear of dogs and canines. Moving on to question number two. Who named the Pacific Ocean? And the man that named the Pacific Ocean was Ferdinand Magellan. In the early 16th century, Spanish explorer Vasco Nunez de Balboa crossed the Isthmus of Panama in 1513 and sighted the Great Southern Sea, which he named Mar del Sur in Spanish. Afterwards, the ocean's current name was coined by Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan during the Spanish circumnavigation of the world in 1521, as he and his crew encountered favorable winds on reaching the ocean. He called it Mar Pacifico, which in Spanish and Portuguese means peaceful sea. So, if you've ever been to the Pacific or if you ever visit the Pacific, just know that that is named the peaceful sea, named by Ferdinand Magellan. 
Moving on to question number three. What is the name of the man who launched eBay back in 1995? And the founder of eBay, his name is Pierre Omidar. AuctionWeb, as it was originally called, was founded in California on September 3, 1995, by French-born Iranian-American computer programmer Pierre Omidar as part of a larger personal site. The company officially changed the name of its service from Auction Web to eBay in September of 1997 after Echo Bay Technology Group, Omidar's consulting firm. Now, the domain name echobay.com was already taken actually by a gold mining company, so Omidar shortened it to ebay.com. One of the first items actually sold on Auction Web as it was a uh, it was a broken laser pointer and it actually sold for $14.83. Now, Omidar was, of course, astonished by this. Of course, I am too. So he actually contacted the winning bidder and asked if he understood that the laser was, in fact, broken. And apparently the buyer responded and explained that he's a collector of broken laser pointers. So he did indeed want that broken laser pointer for $14.83. So started from there, those humble beginnings, to what it is today that is eBay originally founded by Pierre Omidyar. Question number four. Which monarch officially made Valentine's Day a holiday in 1537? And that monarch was King Henry VIII. On the 14th of February, it was customary for young men in England at the time to draw names from a bowl as a way of choosing a female valentine. The Tudors, which is the, the name of King Henry's family, the ruling family at the time, they made the most of this occasion. And in 1537, King Henry VIII, who, of course, was married, I think, six times, he loved to be in love, he decreed by royal charter that Valentine's Day would become an official holiday in England. Now, a fun fact about Valentine's Day, this is something I, I learned while I was doing a little research. Nearly 250 million roses, 250 million roses are grown in preparation for Valentine's Day each year. I don't know who's buying all those roses. I, in fact, have never bought roses for Valentine's Day. But uh, apparently somebody is, because 250 million roses every year, that's quite substantial. And all that started because old King Henry VIII went out there and made it a holiday. Back in 1537, that's quite a long time. Quite a long time to be celebrating Valentine's Day. So that was King Henry VIII, the founder. Not the founder, but uh, the monarch who officially made Valentine's Day a holiday. Question number five. Demolition of the Berlin Wall, separating East and West Germany, began in what year?
And that was the year of 1989. The fall of the Berlin Wall, which in German is Mauerfall, took place on the 9th of November 1989 during the Peaceful Revolution. It was a pivotal event in world history, which marked the destruction, of course, the Berlin Wall and the figurative Iron Curtain. It was one of the series of events that started the fall of communism in Central and Eastern Europe, preceded by the Solidarity Movement in Poland. The fall of the inner German border took place shortly thereafterwards. An end to the Cold War was declared at the Malta summit three weeks later, and the German reunification took place in October the following year. So, one year prior to that reunification in 1989, that is the year that the Berlin Wall officially fell. Moving on to question number six. What is the rarest M&M color in circulation? And that color is brown. Statistician Rick Wilkin, he wanted to find out which of the colors of M&M was the rarest. He worked for the SAS Institute, which apparently had a partnership with M&M, and was able to get access to some numbers. And he decided to do a statistical study on M&M colors. In the end, after all of his analysis, he found out that only around 13.48% of all M&Ms are brown. The next rarest color was yellow, with a proportion of only about 14.47%, so only slightly larger than the brown ones. By contrast, green was the most common color, and that one was all the way up to 19.5%. So, if you go get a bag of M&Ms and you get a few brown ones in there, well, I guess savor them a little bit more, because those are the rare ones. Moving on to question number seven. What is the most consumed manufactured drink in the world? And that drink, the one that people turn to the most, is tea. Tea is the most popular manufactured drink consumed in the world, equaling all others, including coffee, soft drinks, and alcohol combined. Most tea consumed outside of East Asia is produced on large plantations in the hilly regions of India and Sri Lanka, and is destined to be sold to large businesses. Now, Turkey, with two and a half kilograms of tea consumed per person per year, which by the way, that's about five pounds of tea, Turkey is the world's greatest per capita consumer of tea. But of course, everyone in the world, many people, many cultures, many countries drink tea, making it the most popular manufactured drink consumed in the world. Question number eight. What TV series showed the first interracial kiss on American network television.
And that TV series was Star Trek. The first black-white kiss on American network television is often credited to the Star Trek episode called Plato's Stepchildren, which first aired on November 22, 1968. In this episode, Captain Kirk of the Enterprise Starship, his first officer, Mr. Spock, and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. McCoy, are beamed down to a planet that had sent a distress call. Now, the people who live on this planet are called the Platonians, and the Platonians then used their telekinetic powers to force Captain Kirk, who was played by, of course, the great William Shatner, and he's a white actor, they used their telekinetic powers to force Captain Kirk to kiss uh, Lieutenant Uhura, who was played by Nichelle Nichols, a black actress. Um, now, of course, this caused a bit of an uproar in some parts of the country, but uh, but at the time, it was quite revolutionary. Um, I just find it interesting. I find it there's something about the fact that uh, within the storyline, they were forced to kiss. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't a an agreed upon thing. Anyway, maybe I'm looking too far into it. The point is, is that that took place in 1968. And it took place on Star Trek. Moving on to question number nine. Which is the only American football team to go a whole season undefeated, including the Super Bowl? And that football team was the 1972 Miami Dolphins. The 1972 Miami Dolphins season was the franchise's seventh season and third in the National Football League. The team was led by third-year coach Don Shula and achieved the only perfect season in NFL history. They also led the league in both points scored and fewest points allowed. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. Of course, on the one hand, it's very impressive and has not been repeated. But apparently, and I don't know if this is true, someone told me that that team, the 1972 Miami Dolphins, evidently a group of them get together every year to celebrate whenever a team that is undefeated suddenly gets defeated, because that means that their record still stands. So apparently they all get together and celebrate once a team fails to break their record, which, you know, bothers me a little bit. Uh, I think on the one hand, it's it's important, you know, to remember what they did, but do you have to celebrate it? Maybe not. Also, back then they had 14 game regular seasons. Now there's 17. In any case, not taking anything away, just something to say. But that was the 1972 Miami Dolphins, the only American football team to go a whole season undefeated. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10. Which country borders 14 nations and crosses 11 time zones? And the answer there, it is the biggest country in the world. It is Russia. Russia, or the Russian Federation, is a country spanning Eastern Europe and Northern Asia. It is the largest country in the world by area, 
extends across 11 time zones and shares land boundaries with 14 countries. It is the world's ninth most populous country and Europe's most populous country. Now, fun fact, the country is actually so large that it actually occupies one-tenth of the land on Earth. So, you can imagine that any country that has one-tenth of the land on Earth, well, it's certainly going to have a lot of time zones, and it's certainly going to border a lot of other countries. That one just so happens to be Russia. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. As always, if you find this round to be a bit too simple, well, tune in tomorrow on Friday. We're going to make it the hardest day of the week. Let's see if you find that one simple as well. As always, if you find this episode to be a bit too challenging, if you found it kind of hard, I think you should listen tomorrow anyway. We're still going to have fun. You're still going to learn something new. As always, we want to uh, we want to thank you for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow. <laughs>